Kate Fennessy's trying to write a novel, and Helen Brown's going to help her. Welcome to our podcast, Novel Therapy, the first time writer's clinic. Hi everyone, and welcome to episode six of Novel Therapy. I'm Kate Fennessy, <laughs> aspiring <laughs> author and social media marketer. Well, you're a bit more than an aspiring oh, author now. You. You've written a few words. And I'm, uh, what am I? <laughs> <laughs> I'm New York Times bestselling author, Helen Brown. You are. Yeah. That's, yes, that's exactly who you are. Bit of an identity crisis mm. this morning. It's always confusing who we are, really. It's a big question. Who it are is. You? Yes, you can spend a lifetime trying to answer that one. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now, you'll notice if you're watching video, we're huddled together a bit today using one mic because we have an interview coming up which we are conducting on Skype. But we thought we'd do a quick um, catch-up before we get that happening. Um, so let's just jump straight into how you've been. What's our checkup before I've we been, get into the clinic? Well, I've been to Brisbane, and Brisbane is absolutely buzzing. Mm. You know, people are sometimes a bit rude about Brisbane <laughs> being a backwater. It's not. And we were there for the Brisbane Arts Festival. Oh, cool. And honestly, I have seen... Lots of things there. Yep. An exhibition by Ben Quilty, that okay. fabulous artist. But the highlight for me was this new musical called Fangirls. It's Fangirls. wonderful. It's about being 14 and crazy madly in love with a boy band. And for the first time, I've really understood what it's like to be inside a 14-year-old's head <laughs> and that it's actually empowering to scream and that it's really okay to be a fan. There's nothing wrong with being a fan. It's written by and performed, the main part, mm-hmm. by this wonderful new talent, Eve Blake. And oh. I reckon we're going to see a lot more of her. This show, with a couple of tweaks, could easily be on Broadway. Wow. We'll certainly see it in Melbourne and Sydney, I'm sure. It's a wonderful night out. That's and really, um, cool. really, you know, it reaches you on so many levels. And teaches something to every generation which oh I just found it Mm. fantastic so that's really cool I wonder if that's related did they do a movie before this um production I think she might have made films I'm not sure I've actually spoken to these girls in a weird coincidence because when they were they were they got crowdfunding support to get their doco going I wonder if it's the same people I'm not sure Anyway. All I know is that I am a fan of wow. fangirls right. and a massive fan of Eve Blake. Because sometimes you start to think, oh, mm. every story's being told. Yes. How is there going to be any new talent coming along? Well, this answered all of those wow. questions for me. That's really cool. Whoops, we'll show... Queensland we'll show Theatre. Look how cool. It's a lovely... Um looking oh it was a fantastic <laughs> night yeah <laughs> she expressive is yeah moment. she's terrific oh, and great. there's lots of good coffee in brisbane so yeah don't diss brisbane anymore <laughs> <laughs> my brother's actually moved to brisbane so i should ought to go there really yeah. and visit him yeah mm. it's fantastic yeah he mm. said it's quite dynamic too yeah um poised look, for growth yeah, that's cool. My update would be still Glow. I'm still binge watching oh, Glow. Dear. I'm deep in. I'm I'm into season three. Oh, did it go weird for you? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Some of the episodes were a bit. Um, I thought went off track. Season three felt yeah. to me like the actors had taken over. Yes. And the writers had been put some locked in a cupboard somewhere. And Do you actor- know? You're absolutely right. Oh, I really? noticed last night, Alison Brie, who plays Ruth, directed this, the oh. show that I watched. So the actors have taken I liked it better when the writers were in charge. Yeah, they, they have gone a bit off track and there's a bit of cliche. There was one of the episodes where they were lost in the desert. It was like, come on. It was- yeah, no, I would give 
season three, The Swerve. Yeah. I think there's other stuff to no, watch. No, I don't want to finish now. I like to commit. I'm a bit yeah. of a type A personality. Okay, well, you go for it. And also, I'm quite invested in Sam and Ruth, not to do a spoiler, but I want to see that happen. Really? Yes. Oh, I, th- I thought that was too unrealistic. Really? Anyway, no, I saw anyway. that coming a mile off. Yes, I know. It's well. inappropriate falling in love with the wrong person. I'm a really expert at that. <laughs> Well, all of us have done a little bit of that in our time, haven't we? That's funny. Um, So, yeah, that's kind of where we're at. And I just want to. And have you been doing your homework? Yes, I was going to say I do. I have. Hold on one second. I'm going to show you. (gasps) Can't Um, wait. For her homework, Kate was supposed to start filling in her notebook. And if anyone's out there and writing, I hope you've got a notebook too. So what have you I got? I bought a little cute notebook. It's and I, I do love stationery. And there's a beautiful shop in Mornington called Page 8 in Main Street, Mornington, which I'll use any excuse to go to. I could mm. move into that shop and mm. be quite happy. I just mm. sit in the it's corner smell sipping of paper. Mm. All of it. It's just gorgeous. So I did splash out and buy a moleskin. That's yes. That's what they're called, isn't yes. it? Yes. Um, Chapman had one. Yeah. So I just Memory, started, great. I started writing a few things. I've written a few memories, thoughts. I wrote some things about glow. Yeah. People are complicated. complicated. Um, yeah. <gasps> I like that. Twisting your wedding ring yeah. and being so proud of it. That's a really good little vignette to put yeah. in your novel. Now, why has my phone just gone like that? Hang on. On a day of crazy technology. It is a day of... I'm still waiting to hear back from our very special guest. Maybe she's fallen off a cliff like the writers in Glow. What's it? Did it die? Maybe it's a bad technology day. Possibly, but we'll just go again. That's okay. Isn't it strange? Did you die? Oh, now. Oh, is it going again? Yeah, it's going again. Okay. Yes, so yes. Oh, look, this Have is a look. wonderful case. That's yeah. the way I'm going to do Definitely it. I've just put... That's what thought. Why can't I live the shit out of my life? Oh, easily. Why? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but aren't you already? I think you already are, aren't but you? But really living the shit out of it, like up and upper level. I think that's happening. Well, I hope so. And I want to infuse, I want her, my character to wake up one day and go, effort, I'm going to. Oh, very good. You're learning to blank yes, out I, those I words now. Um, I'm going to absolutely go for things. Like I, want, I kind of got excited by that idea of a turning point where you realise, hold on, why can't I just do things? But, yeah, the twisting of that wedding ring, I remember doing that. I remember sitting on the train. This is embarrassing, really, but I used to sit on the train and honestly stare at my wedding ring and think, mm. I'm so lucky I'm mm. loved. Mm, I know that feeling. I used to have a wedding ring in my first marriage and it gave me a rash it was a bit of a sign really so yeah they're not always good things but it just shows me when I look back of how what a not I don't want to say pathetic but I just I look back and realize well that's a silly thing to get self-esteem from and going back to fangirls these 14 year old Mm. girls one of the lines was something about I don't want to be half of someone else to feel whole you know so it's very good to talk about this stuff and get it out there the, yeah. the whole quest is to be whole in yourself, not to be half of somebody else. Exactly. Of being so that alive. was a good memory. But yeah. what I've been doing, I've found that you're right, your subconscious goes on little yeah. twists and turns and yeah. I've been grabbing it and just... Um, Have you been doing any eavesdropping? Um, not so much no. eavesdropping, but more, yeah. Yeah, no, good on you. Yeah. That's, yep. So look, I just Keep more, going. it's tuning into my... Thoughts that are in the recesses of my mind yep. a bit more and yep. being aware because yep. they float in and out and I haven't been aware. Whereas now I'm like, oh, I rush up and grab the pink book and pop it in. Good on you. So yeah, you'll I, use I'm it. loving it. You'll use it yes. when you're 
deep in your book. So All what's right, happening well, with our guests? Yeah, what we'll do is we'll we'll stop for the moment and we'll come back um, in a magic second, which you won't even hear, uh, with our guest, who's we're very excited to uh, introduce to you in a moment. So it's time to open our clinic with our our second only guest on the show, a very special guest who, um, Helen, I'll um, throw to you to introduce. Yeah, I feel very uh, honoured to introduce my publisher and long-time editor, Jude McGee from HarperCollins Australia. And Jude is probably... I've got various publishers who interfere with my work around the world and Jude is probably the one voice I trust and uh, because we have a shared sense of humour, I absolutely trust her taste and uh, now we're very good friends. So for me it's uh, a very powerful, unique uh, connection Jude and I have and it's wonderful that you've agreed to come on to (laughs) Novel Therapy. Thanks, Jude. (laughs) So tell us... Thank you so much. Uh, tell us about what you do there. Okay, um, so I'm a non-fiction publisher at HarperCollins and I mainly work on the imprint ABC Books. Um, and uh, I've been doing this for quite a while and we've, um, you know, we've previously talked about, well, what's a publisher, what's an editor? Um, so I call myself an editor by trade um, because I've, I've been an editor for a long time and I still see that as very much part of my work. But as a publisher, um, my main role is to commission and acquire books to publish. Um, So, uh, but of course, once I've done that, then it's my job to see that those books through to publication, which means through the editing, through the marketing, through the selling um, and overseeing all of that and um, sort of being the cheerleader, I guess, in the company for the book. So, Jude, how many books would you be responsible for in, in say, a year? Um, I think it's sort of, you know, anywhere between 12 and 20. Um, So, uh, yeah, quite a few. Um, and that's in one year and often you're working also on books that are coming out the year after and even once books are out you're still um, you know talking to the authors um, tracking sales chasing up things on rights and all sorts of things so you end up working on quite a lot of at the same time. Mm-hmm. And Jude, how do most titles land on your desk? Is it through an agent or have you commissioned them or have people just sent them in? Um, to be honest, um, I would say most uh, books that I've commissioned. Um, some come through agents and um, occasionally I'll get something that's sent to me from an author but that's actually quite rare Mm. and I was just going to ask well how does that commissioning happen then how do you sort of find these people um I guess we're we pay a lot in non-fiction we're paying a lot of attention to what's um happening in the world around us and who's um writing about issues who's speaking about issues um, we, 
you know, we, we're always looking for good writers and often good writers are being published in places, mm. um, whether that that's, you know, online or in, um, you know, um, newspapers or magazines. Um, uh, yeah, so that, that's a lot of our sort of in nonfiction where we're kind of looking at, at who's writing. Mm. And what's hot at the moment? Are there some trends that you're interested in at the moment? Um, well, I think it's an. I think there's a trend now with, with sort of issues-based nonfiction that has kind of more element. Um, so I think memoir is a way that people um, find a way into it into an issue, whether it's. Or, uh, you know, or we just lost you a little bit there, Judy, with the connection. Would you mind just repeating that? Sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah. Whether the, yeah. So issues based memoirs. Yeah. Um, I guess is something that um, is is doing well. You know, whether I'm thinking a book I recently published or last year. Um, Dylan Alcott's Able. Oh. So it's his story, but it's also very much about sort of empowering um, people with disabilities and um, breaking down barriers. And um, so, you know, memoir is a great way to get into a topic. Um, so that's certainly a, a, a trend at the moment. When you look at a manuscript that lands on your screen, you know, how long does it take you to realise it's going to work for you? I hate to say it, but pretty quickly. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, you know, we definitely look at, at writing is always really important. Um, sometimes more important than, than other stories. Um, Helen... You know what grabbed me, I think, and I, you know, even though it's a long time ago now, was your writing. Um, you know, you're a, a wonderful writer, and I love the tone, and you had a voice, and there was humour, but you know how to tackle, um, you know, deeper issues. Um, so writing's really important, and it is pretty easy to see pretty quickly um, whether that voice is there on the page. Um, and then, you know, there are in nonfiction, we're also these days, unfortunately, it's very much driven by platform as well. Mm. Um, it's really hard to publish an unknown mm. um, voice these days um, because uh, for various reasons, and I think one of them is readers are, are sort of more interested in people that they're already familiar with, whether, you know, in a different space. Um, so it's harder to publish an unknown voice unless it's spectacular writing, in which case it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Gee, it's a pretty tough world, Jude. It is tough. Mm. Yeah. How, how Correct. In, your, in your career, like how do you see the landscape of writing and publishing um, now as opposed to perhaps, you know, earlier in your career? How, how, how have things changed? Things have changed. And when I say that about having a platform, that's very much non-fiction. Fiction is different. Um, fiction is about the writing and the craft. Mm -hmm. um, and then and then fiction is also about 
um, it trends, I'm afraid. Um, but, you know, when something leaks off the page, it, it's, it can, even if it doesn't fit in with a trend, it means, oh, here's a new trend. Here's mm. one we didn't, we didn't imagine, but, wow, we can see readers, you know, just loving this. Um, yeah. So if you're... But in terms oh, of, yeah, sorry. sorry. Oh, if you're a fiction writer, um, you would expect the three chapters and uh, a chapter outlines rather than a whole manuscript. Is that right? To, to start with, yeah, I think that's a good idea. An outline, three chapters, a little author bio. Um, and then if, if um, a publisher likes the three chapters, they will definitely ask to read more. It's unusual but not unknown to acquire a novel to publish based on less than a finished manuscript. Mm -hmm. It does happen um, if something is really fantastic. Um, but, you know, it, we, particularly with fiction, you're looking to see that it's that a story is sustained, that, um, you know, if it's a crime novel, that it ticks the boxes in terms of twists and and denouement and all of that, say. Um, so fiction very much is um, more often acquired um, based on a, a full finished manuscript. Um, Non-fiction, less so. So um, often we will acquire something based on a sample chapter or a few sample chapters. What's a good print run for Australia, dude? In non-fiction and fiction, are they different? Uh, they can be different. Um, we, we often say a bestseller is 10,000 copies. Um, and um, print runs have gone down over the years. Um, it's harder. The, I think there was a um, Borders, Angus and Robertson, um, when, when they closed down, which was back in, I think, about 2009, um, that really um, that affected the number of books we could sell in Australia and it hasn't ever quite come back to, to those levels. Um, so 10,000 copies is a bestseller. Um, most books sell, if they're, at, you know, 5,000 copies is an average print run. So once you look at the economics, you can see that um, to start with, don't, um, what do they say? Don't quit your day job um, <laughs> because the economics are pretty tough. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, there are some books that um, sell, you know, dramatically above that. Um, that are, are huge successes, but they they are quite rare. And what what do you attribute that to? Some kind of X factor? Is it luck? Um, I think I attribute to you know we'd attribute it to a lot of things. Um, for example, um, one of the books our company is published, not me, um, is um, Boy Swallows Universe by Trent Dalton. Um, and that was his first novel. Um, everyone fell in love with it um, when we, you know, read it in manuscript form and just um, put a lot of work into marketing it. But in the end, you know, it's a great novel. Um, it's had massive word of mouth. 
um, and readers just love it. So, you know, in the end, that was about great writing and a great story, you know, well told. Do they love it because of the characters? Is that one of the reasons? Um, I think they, yeah, I think that's one of the reasons. Great characterisation. Um, it's set in time and a place um, that you know, rings, uh, you know, resonates with with readers. But also the voice, um, a really, really strong narrative voice that's mm. that's um, distinctive and super engaging and funny. And it's a funny story. It's a sad story. Um, you know, it doesn't pull any punches. Mm-hmm. Um, Jude, a lot of our listeners and, and myself as well are sort of um, aspiring writers in one way or another. W- what sort of advice would you give to people um, like us from your point of view? Um, if you're, if you're aspiring, to, aspiring to write fiction, um, I'm a great believer in craft um, which is, a, you know, paying att- well, going and reading some of your favourite books, but reading them with a, with a, you know, an, an eye to how do they paint their characters, how do they structure their their plot, how do they, where do they use description, and when when are they using scenes, and when are they using summary, um, and all those those things that go into the craft of novel writing. Um, you know the great the greatest novelists are great craftspeople, and um, you know they had to learn their craft. I believe you know obviously people have a, a natural talent for it, but um, and often they're people who do have a natural talent have actually done a lot of reading, and they've absorbed. Absorbed it without realizing, but there is a lot of craft goes into a great novel. Also, Jude, I don't think you can underestimate the input of a of a fine editor. I know that publishing houses are under such pressure these days. A lot of people who work in them don't have the time to give authors much guidance. But I must say that's something I have really appreciated from you. And I think uh, I don't think many writers can assume they're going to get that kind of help and guidance? Um, Well, I think they can assume um, that they'll, you know, if if they're lucky, and I would think most places do give, um, most of the good publishers have, you know, ensure that the the book is well edited, that that, that they are getting that kind of feedback. so, yeah, look, I think that is still something that's an area that we try not to cut corners on. Oh, that's reassuring. Um, yeah, mm. no, I, I really do. I think it's, I mean, everyone, you know, that's part of the curation of, of um, mm. you know, publishing a good book is making sure that it's as good as can be. Um, and I think most sort of publishers worth their salt are still putting the time in and the effort and the money into that, um, it, particularly because otherwise all the other effort you put in is goes to waste. You know, if you haven't done that part of the job, then all the selling and all the, all the marketing and the bells and whistles, doesn't matter what you throw at it, if it's not quite there, 
um, then it, you you know it's wasted effort, essentially. Mm. And what do you love about your job, Jude? Um, I think what I love about it is um, no two books are the same, which means every day is different. Mm-hmm. Um, I love working with authors and I love working with my colleagues. I, I sort of work with a, an entire company full of book lovers, which is kind of fun. Um, and so there is that sort of shared passion that um, people have um, for the books that we work on and the authors that we work with. So, yeah, that's that's what makes it great, mm. I think. And books still, you know, they're still going. People still love books. It's so a smell what, of paper, dude. Smell it of, is. Mm, it's a beautiful thing, isn't it? Yeah. And what, we do do that when, when a new, you know, when a book comes back from the printer, mm. um, you know, it, it is the first thing everybody does. They pick up the book and, and smell it. So <laughs> we're weird. We're wacko. <laughs> there was just it. one thing I wanted to ask. What's your opinion on uh, doing writers' courses? Um, I'd support them. I think it's a good idea. I think, um, you know, choose wisely, but I do think um, – you know, if you, I, I'm great supporter of it. I think it's a great idea. Learn as much as you can from people who know know their stuff. Fantastic. Yeah. Mm. Well, thank you so much, Jude. I, I'm sure our listeners will have got a lot out of um, hearing from you, and we certainly have. So, thank you so much for giving us your time. Um, She's the your best. Thank you for the best. You specialist we've ever had on the clinic. We're both very giddy and excited. Thank God the technology worked. That was very exciting. It did. It did. Hurrah. Yay. Yeah. (laughs) But thank you so much. And, um, yeah, hopefully our paths might cross again in the future. I think I met you at um, the launch for Tumbledown Manor in Melbourne. Was That that was last year. Oh, no, it was a million years ago. I think it was actually for Bono. Oh, for Bono. Sorry. Yes. I think it was. Yeah. yeah, at, at, the, at readings That's in Carlton. Right. Yeah. At the launch, yes, which yes. was fabulous. It was. Yes. yes. No, well, thank you so much for having me and um, good luck with your novel, okay? Thank you. That's fabulous. Yeah, thank you. And Helen, that's ever. What was that? I didn't hear that. I said nice to chat as yeah. ever. Yeah, lovely to chat. With no yeah. Prosecco, we're not drunk this time. <laughs> I know. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bit better that way. <laughs> oh, not quite over the yard up. <laughs> no, not quite. Just cup of tea time. Exactly. <laughs> right. well, well, thank you again, Jude, and we'll um we'll let you get back to your fabulous job. It does sound it does sound pretty cool, and I'm sure a lot of people out there would love that. Yeah. <laughs> Talk to you later. Thank Bye. you. Thanks, Jude. Bye. Jude. Okay. Bye. 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 All right, so that was our interview with Jude McGee from HarperCollins. Well, it was, wasn't was so much an interview. It was your specialist consultation because I felt you were ready <laughs> to see a specialist at the stage in your, not what we would say journey, but in your... <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, that was amazing. That was so um, such an amazing opportunity to hear someone right in the industry. Yes, yeah. Yeah, you it's know? pretty... 
intoxicating actually isn't it you can see why people get kind of you can and it's hard not to romanticize when Jude was talking about smelling a new book and you know just the pleasure she gets from working with writers and book lovers like fellow book lovers at her work Mm. you do sort of Mm. idealize it a little bit and think what a gorgeous job yeah I'm sure like any job it has its ups and downs it does it's very tough and at the bottom line as with any industry there's the dollar you know and they have to conform to that to be honest that was quite sobering to hear that a bestseller is 10,000 copies that's not very many in my head oh well if you saw a room full of 10,000 books that would be fairly daunting you know well I guess it's just interesting for for someone like me that that when I think of tv shows or downloads of podcasts you know you've got the the lady vanishes podcast has hit six million downloads Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. Anyway, it's just it's interesting to realize it's one thing that to flick onto a free podcast, another thing to invest twenty nine or thirty dollars in a something between two That's covers. That's true, and mm. I think a lot of people don't commitment. make time to read either. Mm. A lot of people in my world say, "Oh, I'm a mum, I'm too busy, or I work, I just got out of the habit of reading." I mm. think reading takes in a, in a fast paced, busy, stimulated world. Reading is a bit old school in a sense, um, just to stop and be quiet and read words. But I love it. I think it's meditative and it transports you to someone else's world. And it, I think it does something. I can feel that it does something to your brain cells, though, because it's an investment to mm. actually read and suck some meaning out of those words that are on the page. It's a, rather than just having being bombarded with mm. images, which is so I agree. easy. And, There's a sense. I've always felt that superficial. sense of yeah. You enter mm. an agreement with the writer. Yeah. The writer. Yes. That's how I feel. Yeah. It's like it's, yes, I'm going to listen to you whispering yeah. in my ear. Yeah. You know, and yeah. make, you're making time for yourself as well as them. Yeah. It's very intimate. It is. Really. Yes. So yeah. you're right. It's. I mean, I I would like to think it's never going to go away because nothing can replace that process. Mm. It is a bit magical. Mm. Um. Yeah, so there you go. No, that was fabulous. So thanks again, Jude, and we'll cobble all this together so we've got her interviews seamlessly flowing into all of these parts. Um, But just to summarise, I guess Jude's given a diagnosis in a sense, hasn't she, really? Um, Which is approaching it as a craft. And that's all I've ever done because I started as a journalist Mm. and just crafting one sentence after another. And so just over all these decades, Mm. I've, I've never really approached it as an art form and I almost envy those who do and I would say if if you're writing from that perspective don't give up it's a wonderful way to look at it you know well you've said about that about enjoying art that you're not good at and just but you've always said once you have a deadline it's it's it changes yeah the walls close in so yeah keep it magical if you can but I got that message from her and I know in your recommendation for me to watch glow which you gave a few weeks ago I started watching a show like Glow as a writer, which instead of just absorbing as a viewer. Mm. And I think I'm taking from our conversation with Jude, next time I read something, I'm going to try and start reading as a writer. Mm. You know, I think that's, I feel like that's my long-term mm. homework because I haven't done that actively. I'm, I'm actually, um, I'm shadow reading my daughter's in year 11 and I've, I've been quite happily reading her English books and her lit books, literature books. And um as a result, I'm reading some strange and wonderful things. I'm reading Mary Shelley's Frankenstein at the moment. I've just started. Um, so maybe I'll wake up my writer as I start reading now a bit more. 
And I think read the writers that you love. You love that mm. Irish girl. Marion Keyes. Yes, yeah. and read and bubble along with her. And I think I'd like to talk with you um, about finding your voice, which mm. is something that Jude mentioned. She did. Um, and I think starting to read writers that you love is a good beginning mm. point for that too. Yeah, yeah. I've got So a don't few. make it a task. Sure, yeah, fair enough. Just, That's good because uh, yeah. my main ones, I love Maggie, Far- Maggie O'Farrell, who's an Irish writer, as well, Marion Keys, and um, one of my favourite writers is a woman called Curtis Sittenfeld. She's a young, younger than me. She's a American author. I love her writing so well, there much. You go. Maybe I'll revisit yeah. one of her books. Yeah, yeah. And, and start looking for the skill beneath. Figure the out why I like yeah, them. Yeah, because yeah. you were asking that to Jude. You know, why do these books that do well do well? I mean. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good. That's that's long-term homework. I'll yep. have to take that on board. Ugh. And just to finish up with, with a bit of a planet social update, I think I mentioned last week, I was just going to quickly talk about LinkedIn because LinkedIn is not the sexiest of platforms in the social world. You know, Instagram gets all the attention. Facebook is entwined in our lives. Um, but LinkedIn is used by 22% of social media users in Australia. So of the social media users are about 70% of Australians. So of those, nearly a quarter are on LinkedIn. And without going on and on about it, I would just say a couple of points of why LinkedIn should not be dismissed. Um, LinkedIn is actually surprisingly effective because it's not crowded. It's not a crowded platform like Facebook and Instagram. So your content gets a fairer hearing. Mm. So my recommendation for LinkedIn, it's not just if you're a job seeker. It's actually a great way to have a online record of your personal brand. Right. It's like having your if you do it if you do it reasonably well with a good profile image, essentially it's a nice online record of your work history. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you go the slight next level where you actually actively accept connections and get to that magic 500 number because once you're 500 plus you just sort of get a gold star and then <laughs> move on. I know. Um, And if you actually keep in touch with your industry and from time to time comment and actually say something, um, it can actually be quite surprisingly effective. So that's just my little shout out to LinkedIn that don't dismiss it. It Is is Donald Trump on LinkedIn? I hope not. Um, (laughs) He's ruined Twitter. (laughs) Imagine what his profile would say. It'd be like, I am amazing. I am excellent. I'm really, really good president. Um, No, let's hope he's not there. But, yeah, so that's just a little shout-out to LinkedIn. Um, It's surprisingly effective and, yeah, it's the little quiet achiever of of the social platforms. So there you go. Can I just say we're eating carrot cake again today because (laughs) a lovely friend of yours... Gary, I think, said it. Yeah, emailed in and said that your mum, Kate, made the most beautiful carrot cake. So we had carrot cake last week and so I thought I'd try a different shop this week. It's not quite so... um, Mm, sensual looking it's a more um suburban but still pretty it's very cake. yummy mm. so in yeah. honor of your mum oh thank you that's so sweet with thanks to simon did you say or was it gary or was it emma i'm getting mixed oh. up now someone it might have been my cousin emma or my no, friend it's a gary bloke. was it gary it's a bloke. Yes, gary said, he's yeah. english so you have to say it like that ah. it was gaza um Yes, how Mum. lovely! Isn't that nice? You yeah, know, memories of food. food. And Goes you talked right. about food being love. Yes, and you go back to Marcel Proust, who wrote about the little, the memory of the smell of these little madeleines, these little cakes yeah. from his childhood, and that set off a seven-part series that went on for years and years. Look, and I think I've mentioned to you before that the anniversary of Mum's death um, next year it will be the twentieth anniversary of her death, and I think. 
at the 10 year mark, even though that sounds like a long time in, it wasn't in a way I tried to pull together some sort of event gathering where we and one of the things that we ended up doing was we made we all bought food that mum was famous oh, for including her carrot cake food. I'm sure that made an appearance um what was her other ones oh she, it was the kind of 70s food like we all used to kid around but she made tuna and rice casserole oh lovely um, prawn cocktails well things like that I can't remember Avocado. what else was there it was tuna and rice she made a good chicken pie she made a good pumpkin soup um so for her 20th anniversary next year I think we want to go a bit bigger and even some of the stuff we've talked about in this experience, you know, has made me think, I think we actually want to put on an event beyond our family Absolutely. to celebrate mum. Yeah, yeah. Carrot cake will be in it. So good. thank you, Gary, because mum's carrot cake was, those who know mum will know it was a good one. It had a lot of ingredients. Mm. I remember the recipe was very complex. Mm. There was, it was a, I hate the word moist, but it was a thick, moist cake with a Beautiful. yummy icing, exactly like that. Oh. So oh. that look, was a lovely thank memory. thank you to everyone else who's, sent messages in yes. it's great um we're loving it cindy yeah. um, gave us a video where she read out a synopsis of yes. what she's working yeah, out in the form wonderful. of a poem and we've got a nearly a hundred awesome. people in our group yeah we do who are you that's not fabulous say hello yeah. exactly we'd love to know where you came from some of them i'm a lot of them know us i think but perhaps oh, there are great. some newbies in there yeah. so definitely um so yeah, I think the clinics closed for the, the day. The clinics closed. Yes. We've learned a lot, and that was that was really cool having Jude um, give us her time. So I'm yeah. glad we got it all working. And so your homework for this week yes. is study the craft. Yeah, ah, that's only going to take three. That's decades. only going to take exactly the rest of my entire life. But that's um, no, that's that's a good thing to think of because it's definitely like I said with even with Glow, the fact that season three has gone off the rails. Yeah, I'm learning from that. Yeah, too. you will. And you'll see that in books too. Yeah. Oh, God. So there you go. Look, we better get back to our carrot cake. So we will see you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening. (laughs)